Welcome to the MR Running Pains podcast. My name is Aaron Saft. And this episode, as um, as I said in the title of this podcast, is pretty exciting for me. Um, I want to start by just saying how much I appreciate everyone's support, um, not only of this podcast, but um, of me and um, the athletes that I'm trying to support through my fundraising efforts. This has just been um, an incredible week. Um, a lot has transpired. Um, I've obviously made kind of a big announcement. If you, you haven't heard, I'm going to talk a lot about it in this uh, in this episode as I'm going to go for the Grand Slam next year. I'll talk about how that came about and uh, uh, what I'm up to now um, and my fundraising efforts, of course, and who it's for. Uh, so lots of unravel in this episode. Um, but um, I thought I would start uh, with a little bit um, of uh, of how I'm returning to running because I think it has some some good reminders for us. You may have just finished your goal race, uh, may have come off a break, may have come off of injury, um, but uh, at some point we return to running. In my case, I had the ankle injury. I had a cortical fracture in my ankle, uh, which limited my activity. Um, if I had um, done any more damage, it would have become a uh, a fracture, uh, which is which is scary. <laughs> so, um, you know, I had to take the time off. Um, it was a busy time, so I didn't get much into cross training in. So I lost a lot of my um, my my fitness, my aerobic capacity. So uh, starting back, I uh, wanted to start back wisely because you know my goals uh, for next year being the Grand Slam. Uh, and then the Grand Slam being um, Western States in June, Vermont in July, Leadville in August, and Wasatch in uh, September. So, uh, you know, that said, my, you know, my goals are still a ways off. And, um, you know, I, I, I had one plan and that was, you know, kind of training for Western States, uh, but uh, it evolved. And uh, coming back to running, being able to run again, you know, not was not only was I super, super elated, I'll say, to get back to running, to be able to run again. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I came back with caution. Um, definitely optimism. I, you know, I, I didn't have pain, thankfully. Um, but I wanted to be cautious with my return because when I started back after Bigfoot, I felt like I kind of was rushing things, you know, getting some fitness back. I raced, um, had other races on the schedule and I was just like, you know, I really was gun ho. I was excited, you know, as, as we often are when we get back to, to running and, and training, you know, we want to get out there. We want to race. And that's kind of some of the things I want to talk about. But um, let me start with um, forming habits. And and I've talked about this in the past, but I think it's worth reemphasizing of, of, you know, this is a great time to reform your habits. Habits take about two weeks in order to kind of take effect. So you have to do something consistently for at least two weeks for them to kind of become a, a habit, to become rote, to become like part of your, your routine. Um, but you know, it, it, we hope to get to that point. And, you know, some of it's tough because things like strength training, it's probably, you know, the first thing that we let go of, you know, uh, like, I mean, especially as an ultra runner, you know, we're not going to make a ton of gains through strength training. Uh, one would argue that, you know, you're going to potentially, uh, remain healthier 
um, there are there is that argument that you know you will remain healthier, especially if there is a uh, a weakness or a, a strength discrepancy in your body that needs to be addressed. Of course, you should be addressing it. You know, but overall, strength training, um, you know, it's it's the first thing we usually let go of. But um, you know, I, I think it it kept me healthy through my Bigfoot training you know, kind of being consistent with it. And of course, taking a break that kind of fell by the wayside. So, you know, getting back to that uh, has been a challenge, you know, in, in my, my, my daily schedule, it's a lot different than it was, um, you know, having uh, transitioned into winter track. Um, I, you know, I spend a lot more time at practice uh, with these kids. I'm there from two 30 to at least five 30. Uh, you know, trying to set up and make sure the kids get a good workout and, you know, everything's cleaned up when we're done. Uh, and then doing some admin stuff with the other coaches, you know, it's, it, it has taken a lot more time out of my schedule. I didn't realize how much admin there is to do, but that said, I had to figure out a way to kind of incorporate, you know, my strength back into it. And thankfully the kids, um, I'm having them work out. So while they're working out, you know, I can monitor them and also get my workout in, which has been tremendous. Uh, I'm really relieved that, you know, I can work that in. Sometimes I can't because I, you know, again, I have to monitor them to make sure they're okay and doing things correctly. Um, I do have a parent volunteer that has been tremendous. And when she's there, you know, I, I, I feel a little bit more free to, to kind of get my workout in. And sometimes I can stay a little bit later and just do mine if I haven't. So I'm um, glad to have access to that, that weight room there um, at the high school, but that's how I'm getting it in. So sometimes you have to be creative as to how you're going to get things in, right? Um, you know, other times when I know it's going to be a day where I need to get strength in and I know the kids aren't going to be working out, I may have to just get up a little bit earlier and get either my run in or my strength training in. Because um, ideally with strength training, you don't want it to follow running too closely. You want to be recovered so that you're lifting properly, not fatigued. Um, you know, ideally I've heard six to eight hours between is kind of like, you know, if you were doing a second run, you want to kind of have that time in between runs so your body recovers a bit. Uh, so, you know, trying to, trying to do that properly and not tax myself too much, um, you know, absolutely is, uh, is definitely a task that I've had to think about and kind of plan, right? You have to kind of schedule how you're going to fit this in. Where am I going to put this in my day? What makes the most sense? And, and not to say that you can't strength train before running, but again, we don't want to fatigue ourselves too much before running because running is our primary focus. So, you know, putting in strength, um, which I would also argue, you know, we need to continue to work on mobility. Um, I think that's huge. Uh, I've been doing drills with the kids as well. Um, that definitely helps my mobility, um, stretching with them after the run, you know, just trying to work on that. Um, and, and then, um, foam rolling, you know, the kids have been really good about foam rolling and, and it kind of gets me thinking about it and, and doing it as well. So it's, the, the kids have been a, actually a really good influence on me. Um, the other piece of mobility is, and you know, I, I, I really, I, I was talking with my old business partner, Scott Sosha and, and one of my best friends that, um, the MOBO board, uh, by Jay DeSherry, moboboard.com, uh, M O B O board. Um, it's, uh, it is a great tool. Uh, and with having an ankle injury, I realized how much mobility I do not have in my ankle and how important that is not only to my running, but especially for trail running, uh, I need that flexibility and that mobility within the ankle and the joint. Uh, so I'm, I'm working on the mobile board. I put it up by my desk, um, 
I, I, you know, so it's, it's there. I recognize it. I'll get a few schedules done and then I'll do some stuff on the mobile board. So kind of working it into my schedule, working it into my routine. Uh, and sometimes that's how I have to do strength is, you know, get some schedules done for my athletes. And then I take a break, go put in a little bit of strength training or core work, uh, you know, and just do it in pieces over the course of the day you know, getting it done that way. Sometimes that's how you have to do things. But, you know, again, working back in strength and mobility, that's been huge. Dietarily, uh, I'm going to be as open as I can with all of you about this journey because uh, hopefully you can take stuff away from it and learn from it. Um, now, understanding, when I talk dietary, I have consulted with my primary care physician and my, my wife, who is also a physician. Um, so when you go... And look at your diet and making dietary changes. I consider consulting not only your primary care physician, but also a registered dietitian. Okay. Um, th these are people that know what they're doing and can tell you the risks and benefits and if it's right for you. So, you know, what I say in the next few lines, I'm not recommending to anyone. I just want to put that out there. I'm saying this is what works for me, and this is what I have been approved to do by not only my primary care physician, my wife. Uh, you know, I've, I've gone through this, make sure it's right for me. It works for me. But um, as I said, with Bigfoot 200, I went low carb. Uh, now, I know some people are going to roll their eyes, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm not advocating, again, for this, but it's what works for my body for whatever reason when I stopped uh, you know, after Bigfoot, after I stopped training and just kind of took some time off, I went back to just a normal diet with, you know, with carbohydrates and whatever my weight just bloomed right back up. It just, you know, I just bloomed right back to 178, right. You know, that's, that's where I was when I, uh, I started the, uh, the low carb diet, um, back when I was training for Bigfoot and I went right back to it. So uh, my body, for some reason, just does not process carbohydrates uh, the way it should. Uh, you know, I'm getting older. My metabolism is different. Uh, fat adapt, you know, being fat adapted and having a low carb diet just seemed to work well for my body. Um, I felt great. I raced well. You know, my performance was there. I was recovering well. So all of these factors, you know, I, I spoke with again, you know, uh, my physician and said, you know, here's, you know, my results you know, do you think this is something that's, that's okay? You know, we, we checked on things, um, we checked on all my like cholesterol levels and all that stuff to make sure, uh, you know, I wasn't at risk for anything. So, um, you know, we, we have the, uh, um, just the data to back it up, but yes, um, going back to a low carb diet for myself to, to drop the weight back off. Um, I, you know, I want to be as efficient as possible for this task ahead of me. Um, you know, and again, training for Bigfoot 200, once I dropped the weight and got back down into the one sixties, I felt tremendous. I felt healthy, uh, was, you know, a lot easier to run, uh, especially in the mountains. Uh, but, um, you know, that's, that's, so where, that's where I'm going with, with my dietary habits. Okay. Um, hydration, my goodness. Um, you know, I, uh, I have really kind of keyed into hydration. Um, you know, I, I, I'm really trying to, um, to drink more fluids, um, you know, be it, um, coffee in the morning. Sure. Um, like, you know, I've heard now it's not a diuretic, so it's not dehydrating you. Um, good episode by, uh, Dylan Bowman with, uh, the, um, kind of the nutritionist from, um, gnarly nutrition, uh, great podcast there. I'll try to put that in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, but, um, yeah, have a listen to that. She had some really good, um, really good 
uh, comments and uh, suggestions for runners. Uh, but you know, um, yeah, like I said, coffee, um, been drinking more green tea, uh, with a little bit of honey, you know, again, I'm trying to be low carb, so I'm not trying to go too crazy, but it's nice to have a little sweetener in that green tea. Um, also drinking plenty of, of water. Uh, I, I, you know, try not to drink too much sparkling water, but I, I do enjoy LaCroix, uh, and bubbly, um, they're, they're, you know, there's no sugar in them. Uh, try not to overdo it with those, but, um, I also been drinking a lot of those. So hydration has been, um, key in, in getting me back and, you know, keeping me fresh and, and feeling good. And, um, the last piece that, you know, forming habits we talk about is sleep. Sleep is essential for our recovery. Um, you know, for, uh, for our day, you know, just being functional, we need sleep. Each person is going to be different. Um, you know, as to how much sleep you need and how much sleep you can function on, but, uh, for our recovery process and for moving forward, if we want to start to increase our training load, we need to make sure that we're getting adequate rest. So make sure you're getting in your sleep. I like to have my athletes track, uh, their resting heart rate, as well as how much sleep they're getting each night. So something you may want to log, cause then you can kind of keep track of, where is your resting heart rate? Is it elevated? Is it staying elevated? Um, and then you can kind of uh, process, well, you know, why would it be staying elevated? Am I overtraining? Am I not getting enough sleep? Am I dehydrated? You know, so that it's it's a good metric to kind of track and watch. So, um, you know, to keep in track of that is awesome. So, um, those are kind of the the things I think of when I'm, I'm you know kind of getting back here and trying to reform you know um, healthy and and good training habits. Um, I wish I had stayed consistent <laughs> after finishing Bigfoot, uh, but I am human. I wanted to uh, enjoy some of the things in life, uh, so um, you know I did, but perhaps to uh, to the extent of uh, I overdid it. <laughs> but you now I am trying to get back on to um, returning to. Uh, uh, healthy habits and and making sure that I'm doing what's right for my body. Uh, so far as my return to running goes, um, this has been, um, you know, as I said, I lost a lot of aerobic fitness. Uh, so um, I am having Patrick Regan coach me and I've been communicating with him uh, more on a regular basis to kind of let him know where I'm at because, um, you know, sometimes with the coach, the coach can build too quickly and perhaps your body's not right ready for it. So I've, I've been communicating with Pat to, uh, to kind of let him know where I'm at. Um, I'm wearing my heart rate monitor. Uh, you know, I've had a few runs where my, with my wife where it's been way too fast. She's, you know, she's just quick and uh, I love running with her. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, the next day I have to go super easy because, uh, you know, I've, I've spent way too much time in zone four, just getting back to it. Um, realizing that, you know, as long as I recover from it, um, it'll be fine, but I can't do that too often. And, um, you know, as much as I want to run with my wife and enjoy my time with her, uh, it's, you know, sometimes it's getting back to, to running. It's, it's not, uh, it's not great to do it all the time. <laughs> um, but you know, monitoring my heart rate that said, um, I've been trying to stay, um, you know, uh, zone two, uh, if I, if I'm on the Hills, I don't let my myself try to go beyond zone three. I just slow it way down. Um, uh, which is, you know, that's hard. It really is. I, I have a lot of athletes that ask about it. You know, well, what do I do on the Hills? You got to slow down. That's the reality. Like, you know, it's, I mean, if you keep letting it get up into zone four, you're not serving the purpose of, of the run. So, um, I like to, um, I like to just, you know, slow down, uh, and, and just kind of make sure I'm just jogging, 
you know, just, uh, just keep it really low. Now zone two is really hard for some people. And that just means that you need to, um, develop that aerobic system, that, that piece of your aerobic system. So spending time in zone two is going to actually increase your paces within those other, um, other zones. So, you know, having those zone two runs, um, when, when you're starting, especially is wonderful because you're just going to increase your aerobic capacity and increase those paces at which you train um, in the other zones. It's not to say that you can't do some runs in zone three. That's, that's fine when you're in the base, you know, I, I just, I'm trying to increase my rope capacity and make my pace faster within zone two so that I'm a more efficient runner overall. So I've been watching my heart rate. Um, yeah, I can drive you nuts. So if you're that person that it's going to drive you crazy, you know, maybe it's not right for you, but, um, but you know, that's what I'm using right now is, is heart rate to kind of go through this stuff. I've been staying off the trails, just trying to keep my ankle healthy, uh, which is tough. I really want to get out there and run. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful right now to, to be out there, but, um, I do miss my trails. Um, volume so far as training volume goes building back. Um, this is something you have to listen to your body about. And again, this is something I was communicating with, uh, Patrick Reagan. I just wasn't ready to build much more than where I'm at right now. So I communicated that and I said, Hey, let's stay at this right now. That's where my body's at. You know, this, this is, uh, you know, this is, this is a good workout. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of getting my feet back under me. So I'm keeping the volume really low. Um, so not only is my volume low, but also, you know, my pace is really slow at the moment, but that's what my body needs. So listening to your body, allowing it to make the adaptations that it needs as you get back to running, that's, you know, that's where, that's where it's at. That's where you're going to make the most gains. That's where you're going to build your base. That's what everything else is going to, uh, work off of, right? So we want that huge aerobic foundation. Okay. So build it, be patient with it. That's the hardest part is being patient and, and allowing that heart rate to stay, you know, where it should be, uh, you know, so, uh, where should it get up to? Um, if you know your max heart rate, you know, we've talked about this in the past, it's 78% of your maximum heart rate. You could use the math, uh, math as in mathetone formula. Uh, and that's, um, 180 minus your age. Uh, that also gives you your kind of maximum heart rate for this, uh, this time of training. Racing, keep the races off the books for now. When you're just getting back to it, you know, don't put any races in your base training. Uh, just focus on your base training. I know that's hard. Uh, as I said, I fell victim to it, but I also got injured because my body just wasn't ready for it. So be careful with racing. Okay. I, you know, I'm not the one, I'm not the guy that can sign up for a race and just go for a jog. That's just not in my, in my personality. If I go to a race, I race, you know, I, I want to be out there going hard and my body just wasn't ready for it. And that's, I sustained a calf injury. And actually that's when I rolled my ankle, um, not that day, but you know, prior to that, that's, that's when that whole episode started. It was the third episode where I got the cortical fracture, but you know, I rolled my ankle for the first time just before that race. So that's kind of when things started to unravel for me. So be careful, be real careful, you know, be mindful of when you race. And then, you know, with that said, look at the big picture. When is your goal race, right? Like I said, my goal race doesn't, I mean, you know, my, my goal race is going to be Western and then, you know, the ones after it, I'm just going to, you know, spend time recovering and getting ready for the next one. Cause they're just, you know, basically four months in a row of hundred milers. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I just got to recover and get ready, but, uh, you know, I want to be prepared for Western States and have a good performance there. So look at the big picture. 
Understand where you're at in training. Understand the purpose of your training at that time. Okay. Um, I, uh, I, I have a lot of new folks that just came on board or came back on board. You know, I have athletes that do take a break. Um, I don't have a contract. I don't ask people to sign a contract with me. I am around for when you need coaching. So I'm not going to ask you to sign on for 12 months or whatever it is. It's I'm here for whatever you need. And if that need changes, you know, I don't want you paying for me for time that you're not training. I don't feel that's fair to you. So, um, you know, if you want to have a conversation about coaching, talk anything more about, you know, this and, and what we're doing, by all means, you know, please reach out to me. Uh, my contact information is in the show notes. You can visit my website, mrrunningpains.com and check that out. Um, I have a lot of my coaching philosophy on there and, uh, you know, things I do for, for, for uh, my athletes that I coach. So check that out. Um, so, you know, with all that said, um, I am now, yes, I am now preparing for the grand slam. Okay. Um, I do need a 50 mile qualifier. I'm going to talk about, you know, how this all came about, but, um, you know, my race season as it stands right now, I did sign up for mountain mist, but that was before I got injured. Um, that is approaching a little too quickly for where I feel my fitness is right now. Uh, I don't feel it's in my best interest. I'm, I'm probably going to have a conversation with Patrick. I did email him to let him know. I, you know, I was thinking that I probably would not do mountain mist just because I don't think it's in the cards, but, uh, I did sign up for, um, the rim runner. Uh, it's in Tennessee. Uh, looks like a great preparation for Western States. And I do need a 50 mile qualifier, uh, qualifying race for, uh, the Vermont 100. Um, so, uh, that's, it's kind of my races, you know, the, the rim runner 50 miler, then it'll be Western States. Uh, the rim runner is April 1st and then, uh, Western States is the end of June. Um, and then, you know, we go into Vermont, Vermont's the, uh, mid to end of July, um, uh, and then, um, Leadville, which is kind of mid August and then, uh, Wasatch, which is the beginning of, uh, September. So uh, how did this all come about? Well, um, you know, obviously, uh, I've told the story that I won the raffle ticket to get a, uh, entry spot into Western States. So, um, that, you know, that started it, but then this, you know, kind of thought got into my head. Well, you know, if I'm in Western States, you know, this might be my only chance to kind of go for the grand slam. Um, so I started looking into, uh, the potential to do the, the, the grand slam. So I reached out to Vermont and I reached out to Leadville and, and asked if there were any considerations for grand slammers and each both said there was not, which, you know, uh, it's totally fair. They, they want to make it a fair entry process to everyone that enters. Uh, so I said, Oh, okay. No, no worries. Um, so, you know, the, basically, um, you know, it was, uh, I was looking at, you know, getting into the lottery, getting in through the lottery for both Western, excuse me, for both, um, Vermont and Leadville. So, um, just kind of, you know, perusing around the site, uh, of each. And I found that, you know, you could, uh, earn a charity spot for each race and raise money for, um, nonprofits for, um, for both Vermont and Leadville. And I thought, you know, that's wonderful. And then I looked at the charities and uh, for Vermont, they partner with the Vermont Adaptive um, and the Vermont Adaptive uh, provides scholarships and monies and equipment for uh, for disabled athletes, be them physically um, impaired uh, or disabled, excuse me, or, um, you know, visually impaired 
or disabled. So um, I had a conversation on here with uh, Kyle Robido, who is uh, a blind runner. And, uh, you know, he uh, he has run Vermont himself, but he always talked about the Vermont adaptive and, you know, how much they do for him. He skis and, and uh, you know, we had a we had a meeting the other night uh, with those that are, are fundraising because I did gain a spot. If you haven't seen social media, uh, I gained a, a charity spot for Vermont um, and, and I'm raising money for the Vermont adaptive. And we had, uh, you know, a zoom call with, uh, with those that are, are raising money and they had an athlete that, um, has benefited from the Vermont adaptive. And, uh, I really was, I truly was inspired by, uh, by this gentleman's story. It was wonderful, uh, because, you know, he has, um, a, a disorder that has, uh, kind of claimed his vision or is claiming his vision. It gets worse as he gets older, but, you know, he really wanted to ski like he had when he was uh, a youth and, um, you know, just didn't think that that was possible. And uh, through the Vermont Adapted, he was given that uh, opportunity to just be able to go and just bomb down the hills, as he described it, you know, just be able to to let it rip. Uh, and, you know, I it, you could see how much that meant to him. You know, I, I could visually watch him talk about it and, and kind of see how emotional it made him just the, the relief and excitement that it gave him to be able to, to do that again, you know, uh, like he had in his youth, uh, before he started losing his vision. So, you know, a Vermont adaptive creates these opportunities. And so they, they raise money for these athletes so that they can do not only winter sports, but, you know, other sporting events, be it running or climbing, kayaking, you know, they, they are involved in athletes, uh, and trying to get athletes these opportunities that they may not have otherwise. So what a wonderful way to uh, to raise money um, for these these athletes. So um, uh, you know I've I've was supposed to raise fifteen hundred. I am already well over two thousand uh, dollars, which I just started last week, and that's incredible. And and as I said earlier in the podcast, I just can't thank everyone enough. I'm touched. <laughs> I'm I choked up. <laughs> Because I, I I couldn't say, you know, this does mean a lot. It really does. Um, to be able to, uh, to create opportunities for others, um, you know, and I, I mean, we're doing this together. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just one of the vehicles that are that are helping create this avenue uh, for folks to donate, and I appreciate that support. These athletes appreciate that support. <sighs> Sorry. So thank you. Thank you so much for your donations. Um, I will put the link in the show notes. Um, so if you um, if you are able to contribute to this, because uh, it doesn't stop just because I reached the goal. Um, this is a worthy cause, one that I'm standing behind. Um, so if you can, um, please make your donation. Uh, so far as Leadville goes, I'm sorry for for, for getting emotional. Um, but it, it truly is just amazing. People, um, they have such good in their hearts. And I really appreciate everybody. Um, I'm going to give a thanks to uh, to my pledges as well. Those that that, that pledged. Um, so uh, I want to, let me just take a moment <laughs> and just talk about those that did donate. Um, one of my best friends, Michael Fitzula. Oh my God. He, he touched me last night. Cause it was just, I, I came through on my email and, uh, you know, it, it, it really warmed my heart. So thank you, Mike. Um, 
Andrew Allen Dogan, he's a, he's a great old high school friend. Yeah, another amazing donation. Um, Andrew knows this uh, organization and what they've done. He's seen it firsthand. He's a snowboarder. He's been up there. Uh, he had a huge donation. Had a wonderful anonymous donation. Um, and uh, yesterday was Giving Tuesday, uh, and so um, based on that, um, the they were um, the uh, Vermont Adaptive was matching donations. Um, I had $750 in donations yesterday. So that's $1,500 that went to the Vermont Adaptive just yesterday. So um, thank you guys for that. Uh, my friend, the Hamlins, uh, they're an amazing family. Uh, what a wonderful donation they made. Uh, my good friend, Pacer, crew member, uh, and runner extraordinaire, Nathan Franz. I thank you. Raffaella George, Tara Ingalls, she's my future sister-in-law. <laughs> I got to see her at Thanksgiving. Thank you so much. Um, I had a few more anonymous donations and I, you know, I, I love the fact that people are donating. Um, you know, if, if you hear this and you made the anonymous donations, thank you. Um, uh, Paula and Chris Sheeran from the Sheeran's family. Uh, thank you guys so much. Um, my mom, <laughs> thanks for donating mom. <laughs> um, Nancy Lewis, uh, can she's one of my patrons as well. Nancy, thank you so much. Um, Mo and Mercedes, uh, they just got engaged. Uh, Mo and Mercedes are, are they're some of my dynamic duo crew members as well. And Pacers, uh, they'll be out with me at Western States. So thank you both for your support. Um, and to uh, Trish Brown and Tammy Bogdan, thank you both so much. So those are all my supporters thus far. I wanted to take the opportunity to thank them because with their help, we, as I said, we've raised already over $2,000 for the Vermont Adaptive. So um, my, my, my sincerest gratuity. And then uh, thank you all so much. Um, again, I'm going to be raising uh, $2,500 for Leadville. Now, a number of people um, have said, you know, they want to contribute to this one. Um, this one, again, I thought I would stay with, uh, you know, the same type of, uh, of organization that I'm fundraising for. And, um, the, uh, the organization is called challenge athletes foundation. Uh, they are a West coast company. Uh, so we have an East coast company and a West coast company, but, uh, we are going to be doing, uh, a fundraising for Leadville. Um, I, I have not formally secured this spot. I have, I've got the kind of, um, verbal, if you will. I got an email saying that I would be on the charity team for this. Uh, so you know, I'm hoping that, that that comes through. I'm waiting for confirmation and, and to solidify this. So I am still waiting to open the fundraising for this. I will be raising $2,500 for this foundation uh, in order to uh, to, to uh, fulfill my obligations for this charity. Uh, so if, um, if you are considering donating, this charity is going to need some help as well. Uh, and as soon as I have that information, I will put that link up and share that. I may even have that up by the time <laughs> the, um, this podcast goes live, but, um, just so you know, um, I will be, um, obviously, uh, you know, trying to, uh, to get this up as quickly as I can, as quickly as they get things up for us. And, uh, and we can start raising money for these athletes as well. Uh, the challenge athletes foundation, uh, the, their mission, uh, is to provide opportunities and support uh, to people with physical challenges so they can pursue active lifestyles 
Through physical fitness and competitive athletics, the Challenge Athletes Foundation believes that involvement in sports at any level increases self-esteem, encourages independence, and enhances quality of life. That comes directly from their website. I'm going to put both the Vermont Adaptive and the Challenge Athletes uh, Foundation. I'll put their links in the show notes if you want to learn more about them uh, and their organizations and what this money is going towards. Uh, those those links will be in the show notes. But uh, as I said, you know, I, I feel these are very worthwhile causes, um, and I'm I'm just grateful that I get the opportunity to raise money for them, and as well as get to obviously race uh, the Vermont 100 and Leadville 100. Um, I know this challenge is daunting. Uh, I am excited by it. I'm excited by the prospect of doing this. Uh, I'm also a, uh, a huge, I have a huge weakness for awesome trophies. Uh, and, uh, I think what inspired me was a uh, previous guest, Nathan Lehman. Um, Nathan, uh, has his run store, the ultra running company in Charlotte, and, uh, he has a display case. And after I volunteered for the URE 100, I stopped by his store and I saw this display case of all four buckles and his, uh, grand slam trophy um i think the, the idea was also put into my head by the um uh 400 mile uh i think that's the name of the youtube video of the gentleman that did the grand slam um i believe that was 2021 um and so i will put that video link in the show notes uh great great video he did uh old dominion western um uh, Leadville and Wasatch, I think was his four for the, his grand slam, I believe uh, great video, but all of these things just inspired me, uh, to, you know, to kind of want to take this on. Uh, there is no guarantee. And that's the thing about it, right? There's no guarantee that uh, I will finish this, but at the same time, I thought it was worth the, you know, worth the while to, to give it a go. And I, I hope I can stay healthy. Um, and even if I don't, I'm raising some money for some great charities. And uh, I, I think that's, uh, you know, worth its weight in gold is just, you know, trying to uh, make the lives better of those that may not have that opportunity otherwise. So um, please consider making a donation, as I said, either to the Vermont Adaptive um, or to the Challenge Athlete Foundation. Uh, I'll have uh, the, like I said, the the, the latter, the, um, uh, the Challenge Athlete Foundation. I'll have that link up as fast as I can. Um, just wait and hear back from them. So, I thank you all for listening. Um, I can't wait to share this journey. Uh, I will be creating more YouTube uh, videos. I've been popping them up a little bit here lately. So, uh, you know, check out all of my channels and social media handles uh, in the show notes. Uh, follow along in this journey. Ask questions. Be a part of this in whatever way you can. Uh, even if it's just, you know, follow me on Strava and uh, and just giving some words of encouragement every now and again. Uh, I'm going to be trying to be better about kind of, um, you know, titling things and leaving some notes in Strava so, you know, people can understand what's going through my my mind and how my body's feeling and holding up. Uh, you know, I, I, I go through training peaks a lot. So uh, Strava becomes kind of this secondary. <laughs> it's it's tough to to get on two platforms and uh, and remember to do, uh, you know, notes on both. But I will try to be better about that you know, going forward. So, um, if you have questions, please let me know. Um, uh, I think what I'm going to do, I did last year and I'm, I'm going to reach out to, uh, to Nathan, who I just mentioned, Nathan, uh, uh, had a lot of compliments about our last episode together and our kind of talk about where footwear is right now in the industry. Uh, but I think what, what I'm going to do is ask him to do a gear review with me, like our gear picks of the year. 
uh, I think we have some, some really engaging and, and good conversations and some, you know, some differing opinions, which is good. Um, but last year I did a gear gear review, but I think this year I'd like to to have him on and hear from him as well. And maybe we can bounce off each other and kind of talk about things. So I, that's gets stay tuned. I'm going to reach out to Nathan and see if he'd be up for that. I know he's at uh, TRE right now, the running event. So, um, you know, we'll, uh, hopefully he's enjoying that and learning about some uh, some potentially new stuff that's coming down the pipe and maybe he can share. So uh, any other suggestions um, or potential guests, uh, please reach out. Let me know. Uh, happy to have those conversations. Um, just wanted to kind of get everything out there today. So hopefully you took some stuff away from, uh, you know, getting back to running. Um, perhaps it's just things that you can use in your current training, even if you're not just getting back to it. But uh, as always, I hope you're taking stuff away from the podcast. But, you know, if you do have topics you want to learn about or hear about, please let me know. Happy to hear about it. You know, and my contacts are in the show notes. Uh, we are, I'm recording on the 30th right now. Uh, which means tomorrow uh, when this comes out or as you're listening to this, potentially it is December 1st. <laughs> so uh, my newsletter will be coming out. Uh, it has been a crazy week. <laughs> so uh, I've not had a chance to work on it just yet. So I may be a little bit late in getting the uh, newsletter out, but it should be coming out uh, within the next week. Okay. The, the December newsletter. So if you haven't subscribed, it's a free newsletter comes out once a month, usually around the fun first of the month. Uh, but um, you can subscribe on my website. So uh, links are in the show notes as well. Uh, so please join me there. Uh, if you're interested in seeing any of the archived um, either podcast episodes or uh, newsletters, you can go into my website as well. Under the connect with me page, you'll find um, uh, pages uh, of both the newsletter and podcast. So you can uh, dive through some of the old stuff. Um, as always, thank you to my Patreon supporters. You all have made this possible and, uh, allow me to continue to do what I'm doing. Um, if, uh, you know, I'm really making a push right now for, uh, for funds to be diverted towards these fundraising goals. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to pause on my, uh, my asking for Patreon support and, uh, divert that attention if you would to donate to these causes. So thank you for your consideration. Thank you for, you know, you know, being amazing human beings. And uh, I, I just can't, <laughs> just can't express that gratitude enough. Uh, I want to thank you for your time, for listening, for being a part of this podcast. And until next time, keep running, my friends. <laughs>